Scooby-Doo is the only one that's still in the pop culture zeitgeist in 2021. You don't hear too much about the Flintstones nowadays. You don't hear too much about the Jetsons. And to think about it, the Jetsons were the family from the future. We're in the future now, at least compared to when the characters came out, and the Jetsons are nowhere to be found. Let's do this. Hello, welcome, and for Chris's sake, my name is Chris Anthony Lopez, and this is episode 41 of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I very much appreciate it. If you missed my return last week to the pod, then, I mean, welcome. Now we're on Thursdays. We were on Mondays before... I explained myself in a little mini pod about like a week and a half ago. So go ahead and listen to that for all the details on my return to For Chris's Sake. And last week, we talked about DC Fandom 2, DC's virtual fan convention, all the ups, the downs, and everything in between. So go ahead and check that out if you missed it. But this week, we are sticking in the Warner Brothers family because we're talking about a character that means a lot to me, that means a lot to a lot of folks, and really has just stuck out in the pop culture zeitgeist over the last 50 plus years. And if you saw the title, which I know you did, you know what we're talking about. We're talking about Scooby-Doo. Boy, I love Scooby-Doo. If anyone knows me, if you know who I am, if you know my being and my personality, you already know I love Scooby-Doo so much. And I'm surprised it took me this long to realize that I never once talked about scooby-doo like that like and i'm just sitting here on my twitter one night and i'm like hey what if i talked about scooby-doo on the pod and people are like yo you haven't done that already and i said holy crap i've not done that already so let's talk about scooby-doo i beg the question how is scooby-doo still relevant today and as much as I would love to give you a straight answer, my answer is hella biased. So I kind of want to ask all of y'all, is Scooby-Doo still relevant today? And if so, how? This is kind of the first time I'm in a struggle on this show. And I don't know how to answer this without coming off like a total fanboy. But too bad, so sad, I'm going to do it anyway. Because... Holy shit, Scooby-Doo's an icon. Scooby-Doo's been around since 1969. That's before, that's about like 30 years before I was born. And yet the character means so much to me. Like it's up there with Batman and Spider-Man and Indiana Jones. You know, like Scooby-Doo means that much to me. Yes, the dog. I love the damn dog. I love his friends, Fred, Shaggy, Daphne, and... and uh, Velma, I almost forgot her name. I do love Velma. Velma deserves way more love, and I'm glad she's getting love now. But, yo, how how is this character still relevant? How does Scooby-Doo still work? Because in a way, it doesn't. If you look at the character, if you watch the OG shows, if you watch Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? The original cartoon that, that started in the late 60s and went into the 70s, it's real formulaic. It's a bunch of kids. 
they stumble across a mystery of some sort, whether it's a a sea captain that's underwater with a big helmet, or if it's a pirate, or if it's a mummy, or if it's a witch doctor, you know, <laughs> or a creepy looking dude that's called the Creeper. They fumble around with it, him typically, and by the end of the episode, they unmask it. Oh, it's old man Willikers. And then he's like, I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you, you meddling kids and your stupid dog. It's the same thing over and over and over again. But why does it still work? How? They've redid the show in multiple different aspects, whether it's What's New Scooby-Doo, A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, Be Cool Scooby-Doo, Mystery Incorporated, which dove way deeper into the Scooby-Doo lore than anything else we've seen in Scooby-Doo media so far over the past 50 plus years, but it still works in a weird way. I think the OG, why did I say that weird? <laughs> I think the OG Scooby-Doo cartoon still holds up in my opinion. I find them really entertaining. Maybe because I'm a fan of the series. Yeah, again, my bias is showing. I'm wearing it on my sleeve, but it's a part of the charm. It taught me a lot. And I think it still has its educational value. And I use educational loosely because it's like problem solving, you know? There's clues. They put the clues together. They set a trap and bang, they get the guy. The, usually it's an old white dude. But again, it was the 70s. We'll let it slide. And then the show evolved and it had different iterations. I personally love A Pup Named Scooby-Doo. I think a pup named Scooby-Doo is a lot of fun. And they had a character literally named Red Herring. Yeah, that's so sick. <laughs> but it's the same thing. This time they're literal children. And then we had a bunch of the movies. And then we had live action movies. And how we're still getting Scooby-Doo content boggles my mind. Because the character, especially if you hold it up against Hanna-Barbera's catalog, sticks out like a sore thumb. And before I continue, yes, you might be thinking to yourself, Chris, you're all over the place. Well, get ready, because I'm going to be all over the place even more so than I already was last five minutes. But let's run by Hanna-Barbera's other characters. And for those who don't know, uh, William Hanna and Joseph Barbera started this production company, this animation studio, a long time ago. I believe it was in the 50s. And it's called, appropriately, Hanna-Barbera. And a lot of characters came out of that production studio. Characters like Tom and Jerry. Hanna-Barbera created those characters, straight up. Tom and Jerry are, is theirs, or are theirs. And we get other characters like Yogi Bear, and Boo Boo, and the Flintstones, the Jetsons. Snagglepuss, for all my Hanna-Barbera fans out there. Huckleberry Hound, Dick Dastardly. You know, there's a bunch of iconic Hanna-Barbera characters. And Scooby-Doo is the only one that's still in the pop culture zeitgeist in 2021. You don't hear too much about the Flintstones nowadays. You don't hear too much about the Jetsons. And to think about it, the Jetsons were the family from the future. We're in the future now, at least compared to when the characters came out. And the Jetsons are nowhere to be found. Same thing for Yogi Bear. Sorry, Yogi, but people stopped giving a shit about you and your picnic baskets like 30 years ago. And I think I'm being generous. And I like Yogi Bear. I love Yogi Bear. I wish you got more Yogi Bear stuff. 
but it just doesn't stick out like Scooby-Doo. Now, you can't argue that Tom and Jerry's there, but you don't see Tom and Jerry getting a new series every 10 years, every five years. Tom and Jerry, talk about formulaic. It's Tom chasing Jerry. Sometimes they involve a dog. Sometimes there's another cat. That's really it. Yeah, they have the animated movies and such, but it's nothing like Scooby-Doo. It's a dog that talks. He can't say some words properly, but you know what he means. And the other four characters know who he is or know, or know what he's talking about, you know? Scooby and Shaggy's an iconic duo. All these characters are iconic. Fred Jones, Daphne Blake, Velma Dinkley, Norville, Shaggy Rogers, and of course, Scoobert, do. They're, they're icons. The Mystery Machine's iconic. It's recognizable. You can still see it all over the place. And people still resonate with these characters after all these years. And they've grown over time. And here we are. In the year of our Lord of 2021, 52 years after the premiere of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? And they're still around. You can't say that for Tom and Jerry. And I know folks are going to be nostalgic about Tom and Jerry and the Flintstones, the Jetsons, and all the other characters I just mentioned. But they're nothing like Scooby-Doo. Nothing like that. Like, let me just read off some Scooby-Doo movies and tell me there aren't some hits in this thing, right? So, in the animated TV part of everything, they had four movies come out in the late 80s, early 90s. That was Scooby-Doo Meets the Boo Brothers, which is fantastic if you haven't seen it. Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School, which I think a lot of people have seen, they just don't remember seeing. Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf, which isn't the best of the four, but it's still... Pretty darn fun, in my opinion. Plus, I love Scooby and Shaggy interacting with like horror icons like Frankenstein, Dracula, especially with how Dracula says Shaggy's name the entire time. Shaggy! <laughs> you know, if you've seen it, you know what I mean. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's not a bad watch. It may not be a good one either, but it's fun regardless. And Scooby-Doo and Arabian Nights, which admittedly is the one I've seen the least of the four. But those are just released on television. And they just starred Scooby and Shaggy for the most part. We got Red Shirt Shaggy in these, guys. Like, Reluctant Werewolf has Red Shirt Shaggy. Like, Red Shirt Shaggy's OP. <laughs> like, I, I love how they just changed the character ever so slightly by giving him a different color shirt. And it was probably just because red was cheaper or something. I don't know how animated how animated movies worked at the, at the time, but yo, this this whole Scooby-Doo filmography rules because after that, we didn't get a Scooby-Doo movie until 1998, and that's when everything changed the game. Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island was the first time that the characters actually dealt with supernatural monsters. We were so used to them pulling off the monster head at the end. It's like, oh my god, it's Old Man Jenkins. No, there were actually zombies in this. And like these like mystical, mythical cats. And it's nuts. The movie is insane. But it's awesome. Now, if you haven't seen Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island... It's such a refreshing watch, especially how well it's aged. 
this movie could come out today, and I still think it would hold up. And this came out in 1998. The animation's still really good. It's the most, it was the first time the characters went far off into that supernatural aspect before the characters were actually on Supernatural like 20 some years later, but I'll get to that. And they, this is like the best Scooby-Doo movie ever, in my opinion. Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island reinvented the character. It revamped the character. People wanted more. And shit, they gave it to us in three, like, simultaneous years. Like, this may be the the best stretch Scooby-Doo's ever had. TV aside, or no, TV included. Damn it. You know what? Damn it. I will include the TV stuff. These four years, 98 through 2001, may be the best four-year stretch for Scooby-Doo. Because Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost, Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders, super underrated, by the way. And Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase also absolutely rule. So we have to keep that in mind as well. Because my God, four incredible flicks that are arguably the four pillars of the Scooby-Doo franchise. And why the character had a revamp. Because in the 90s, I know they tried doing more Scooby-Doo animated stuff, especially in the 80s and 90s. They had a bunch of series. I know there's a series where Shaggy, Scooby, and Daphne were the leads. They just left out Velma and Fred entirely. That was one I didn't really rock with. Like I mentioned, a pup named Scooby-Doo. A lot of fun. I caught the reruns a ton on Cartoon Network growing up. I love that show, but it wasn't the same. Probably a little bit more clever for kids, but still wasn't the same. These movies and the animation is gorgeous. You know, these were direct-to-video movies. But they worked. The trailer for Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, and yes, I'm going to keep going back to that one because it's the best one in my opinion. It's terrifying. It's like the first time Scooby and the gang are in danger. <laughs> like in genuine danger. And it rules. It's super well done. And it's the jolt the franchise needed to continue. Because after that, we... As of 2021, there have been 36 direct-to-video Scooby-Doo movies, and the first one was on Zombie Island. That's nuts. So 35 movies later, and about 23 years later, or 22 years later, I should say, we're still getting Scooby-Doo movies. Scooby-Doo just crossed over with Courage the Cowardly Dog. Excuse me? Like, the fact that that's still happening... Like, this stuff is still going on, and they're still successful. They're still making movies. We're getting, like, two a year or something crazy like that. Because the character just stands the test of time. It arguably is the most famous dog in media history. I'll put Scooby against your lassies, against your old yellers, whatever the hell else, dog. You know, I'll put Scooby up there in that conversation. Because who the hell is still talking about Old Yeller? No one! Scooby-Doo is the man or the dog in this situation. I mentioned the live-action films. Those movies may not be great. Like, technically, on a, on a technical movie level. I love them. 
even the Cartoon Network direct-to-TV ones. I love those because they know what they are. And again, going back to my original point, I may be hella biased. But damn, these characters work. They modernize these characters. They grow, they grew, they've grown, and they've made movies where Velma was had a bigger presence. Daphne and Fred were put on a bigger spotlight, especially with the live action films, with Freddie Prince and with Sarah Michelle Geller. You know? I don't, don't even get me started on Shaggy Rogers and Matthew Lillard. Now, while I love Matthew Lillard and his interpretation of the character, he's the one I grew up listening to, especially with all the later Scooby-Doo series and the more recent Scooby-Doo stuff besides Scoob. And now I'm not going to talk about Scoob too much. That's a whole different podcast for a whole different day. But the character still had a animated movie in 2020. And I think the pandemic screwed that movie over. But I'll get into that on a different day because that's a whole different can of worms. But like Casey Kasem is still the voice I hear for the most part. And that's the one that Matthew Lillard modeled his voice after when he took over the reins as, as Shaggy Rogers. Granted, yes, there have been other Shaggy voice actors, but Casey Kasem is the original. And he is the icon. He's the iconic voice, the radio guy, you know? Like, Casey Kasem is the shit as Shaggy. And he's so rad. Rest in peace, Casey Kasem. And Matthew Lillard took that role to a whole nother level. Like, physically, when he was the character in live action. And it worked. And he just embodied that character to the point where a lot of folks say he is Shaggy. He is their Shaggy. Shit. On another day, if you ask me tomorrow, I will probably say Matthew Lillard is my Shaggy. And Casey Kasem. Both of them. I love them both. Like, Frank Welker is another person who... Um, he voiced Fred Jones. He's voiced Fred Jones for like 20 plus years. He's been the same voice actor over and over and over again for Fred. And now he's recently voicing Scooby in a lot of stuff. And he took over for Scooby-Doo once Dom Messick, rest in peace Dom Messick, once the original voice actor for Scooby-Doo passed away. So the fact that these same people come back to these roles after all these years, yes, I know money talks. But damn, the fact that these guys still get work as these characters. Scooby-Doo is the bomb, man. 45 movies, 14 TV series. Well, one web series, so 14 animated series, 6 TV specials, 36 direct-to-video movies. 36. And they all started in 1998. Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island changed the game for the character. And it arguably is the best interpretation of Scooby-Doo that we've ever seen. Apart from the original. And Mystery Incorporated? That's really it? And I don't want to dwell too much on Mystery Incorporated because that could be a whole other thing down the line. But that's another big reason to why this character has also been around, especially through the 2000s and 2010s. Because that series, Mystery Incorporated, Introduced the character and all those characters to a whole different audience. It was a darker show. Like, they actually did demons and stuff. 
without Zombie Island, there is no Mystery Incorporated. But Mystery Incorporated is super well done on the animated front. It it fleshes out these characters even more so than we already had seen them. And it's just so good. For those who haven't seen it, I highly, highly, highly recommend Mystery Incorporated. It's fantastic. I haven't seen it in a few years, and it deserves a rewatch. And the second I get to do so, guess what? We're coming back on for Christmas sake and talking about it. I, I can't wait to see more Mystery Incorporated and to talk about it here. But again, Scooby-Doo, to go full circle for a second, this is like the like the my Halloween go-to, right? Folks are down for horror movies, which I'm not a fan of. I do love me some horror flicks, like the Screams and the Halloween movies. I like those. But horror is not my cup of tea. Scooby-Doo is the deepest I've gotten into horror. Jeez, when I watched the Supernatural crossover that they did, which I cannot believe happened, I believe it was 2018, but Supernatural did a Scooby-Doo episode and they actually redid one of the older episodes of the Scooby-Doo Where Are You series, or from the Scooby-Doo Where Are You series, and it like surprisingly worked. Even for me, someone who had not seen that much Supernatural, I kind of got the gist and it was a great one-off episode that still kind of advanced the plot of Supernatural a little bit. So it was fantastic. And I highly recommend people watching it. If you're a fan of Scooby-Doo, check out that Supernatural episode. Just so you can see how the characters would react to like Sam and Dean being around, you know? Because <laughs> that's, that's definitely a big crux of it. While still being Scooby-Doo at the end of the day. It's still Scooby-Doo. Justin Supernatural, and it worked for me, a guy who is not a fan of Supernatural. No diss to them, I just haven't watched the show. But that, again, happened. Scoob, the 2020 movie that incorporated like Dick Dastardly and uh, Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt, that movie happened still, even though it didn't make that much money at the box office because there wasn't a box office. It still happened. And Warner Brothers gave the character a shot. And I think with better circumstances, it would have worked. Like keeping the original voice cast. You know what? I'm not going to get into it. Because over the next few weeks, on For Chris's Sake, I'm actually going to be talking about the Scooby-Doo movies that are live action and Scoob. Because I think Scoob deserves its proper due. So... Over the next couple weeks, I'm going to be talking about the live-action films. So the two that we got on Cartoon Network and the two live-action films that we got in theaters, Scooby-Doo 2002 and Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. We're going to be doing those. I have some special guests joining me for those episodes. I won't be doing them by myself. I will be doing them with some folks who love Scooby-Doo just as much as I do. And we're going to gush about why we love these movies or why we don't love these movies in certain cases, but we'll get there when we get there. So, in conclusion, how is Scooby-Doo still relevant today? I guess we're gonna find out over the next few weeks with the Scooby-Doo movie recap that we're doing on For Chris's Sake. And we're starting that on this upcoming Tuesday. So it'll be November 2nd. I will be doing Scooby-Doo 2002 
And the fact that it took me 41 episodes to dedicate a nice chunk to Scooby-Doo, shame on me. So I'm going to be doing this for the next few weeks. Probably the next month. Who knows? We'll see how much Scooby-Doo content I can fit in over the next few weeks. But with all that being said, thank you so much for listening to For Chris's Sake. And check us out on Tuesday. We're going to be still doing episodes on Thursdays. I mean, don't get it twisted. These are just little bonus episodes because I want to talk more Scooby-Doo. And I will have further announcements on guests and dates and what movies we're talking about on Tuesday. Because I'm so excited to do this whole little mini-series on For Chris's Sake. So make sure you subscribe to the feed. Follow the feed. Like the podcast. Share the podcast. Let me know what you think. Holla at me on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or whatever. My social medias are in the description of this podcast. So go ahead and holla at me. Do you like Scooby-Doo? Do you not like Scooby-Doo? Let me know. Let's talk more about one of my favorite characters in pop culture. Scoobert Doo. That stupid dog. No, he's not stupid. I love him so much. And for Chris's sake, be good people. Go get vaccinated. I'll see you guys next time. Peace.